Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of My Favorite Friendship. I'm Mark Musinski. And I'm Brian Wall. And we are best friends. And this is a podcast about friends. It's a true friendship podcast, so think like a true crime podcast. But instead of telling the stories about grisly murders, we're telling the stories about fulfilling friendships. And not only is this a podcast by friends, about friends, it's also a podcast for friends. That's you. And we could always use more friends. So if you have a moment to hop onto your podcast listening app of choice and rate this podcast, we would really appreciate it. And if you've already rated this podcast and you want to take a second to share friendship with your friends, we have over 100 episodes of different friendships, and I'm sure there's one of them that reminds you of the people in your life that you care about. So take a look. And with that expedited intro, I wanted to get into the some of the exciting stuff because we have a fun friendship-packed week that we have both had and also a really great story today. So, Brian, how was your week in friendship? Mark, I had one of the wildest weeks in friendship in my life. I officiated our friend Alex Lewis's wedding. So, you did such a great job. Did you, question, did you feel, how much pressure did you feel? Because I've, I've always felt like efficient is one of the biggest honors slash responsibilities someone can give you for their wedding. You know, I felt a lot of pressure until I sent them the draft and they approved it. Once mm. they, they approved the ceremony draft and everybody, they felt like they really liked it, then I felt good. Um, yeah. I definitely felt the intensity of Alex's mother, Donna. Um, and and she, how how badly she wanted everything to go well. <laughs> yeah, well, you and know? it did. So and it did. congratulations yeah. to Donna Lewis, who really spearheaded a beautiful wedding in her and Robert Lewis, her husband's home. Which I mean, that is definitely another layer of intensity uh, on top of an already intense event. Yeah, but um, I I felt uh, I I felt very good once once I and I talked I I stayed in contact with my friends you know I, I I stayed in contact with Alex and Jasper and made sure that they they liked what we were what I was writing and what was going on and so I felt that since they were happy I had their blessing and then when it came time for the wedding I was not really that nervous I was ready to go. Great. That, well, it went so well, and they were so, like, I don't know. I, I was going to say cute, but it was like, cute sounds, like, young, you know? But they were, like, they were cute, but they were also, like, very in love and mature, and I, I'm so excited for them and their future. And I was really glad that their nuptial was an excuse for us to hang out all weekend. Yeah, Mark, and, you were, and you were just, one of the groomsmen. What was that like? Being a groomsman. I mean, I was I was the groomsman with the least responsibilities. I all I had to do was stand, and you know, I I wasn't I was very confident in my ability to stand. <laughs> and uh, I feel like I did an okay job. We the uh, the ironic thing was the bridesmaid who I was paired with for like you know when you walk down the the aisle and then split apart uh, had recently had I think she's some sort of eye injury. So it was just two people who couldn't see that well. But we managed it pretty well. <laughs> well I think that's great. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I talked to some of the bridesmaids, but didn't really, like, 
spend a lot of time, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of activities together, so I didn't really create any real lasting friendships, as, at least as far as I know. But we had a great time afterwards uh, with, with some of the bridesmaids and that we, we got to bowl. And so I got a little bit of bonding with the bridesmaids bowling. That seemed so fun. I so wish we could have gone. But, I mean, look, any bowling alley... And you guys, I feel like you got food and stuff, too? Yes. After that feast that they provided? We did. We got we got uh, a bunch of food, and it was it was very exciting. It was so fun. Because, yeah, their kitchen was open until, like, 1 in the morning, so we were, we were just eating. It was great. Nothing healthy, you know? Uh, of chick- chicken tenders and mozzarella sticks, and the, uh, the chef at the bowling alley, they did have a chef, she was a fan of Keith's. And so she was so excited that he was there. And uh, as someone who makes fried chicken for a living, she wanted to make fried chicken for a guy who eats it for a living. <laughs> so she was thrilled. Well, yeah, what other... That's such a great pairing. She she took us through her process, talked about it, and was like, wow, this is more thought than any bowling alley that I've ever had in my life. This is amazing. So thank you to everyone at Bolero in Woodland Hills. They were great. Nice. Good plug. <laughs> yeah. I also one of the other things that's fun. So I uh we for you know, we we weren't able to do a lot of dancing last night and I was you know, at first I was like, "Oh, man, you know, dancing is so fun and we usually do it." Uh, but for uh, for some reasons we weren't able to last night, uh, Robin and I am saying, and uh, and so, but then it turned out that there were a bunch of really nice people at our table, and one of them was a guy I had worked with before, and the other was a woman who'd been in Alex Lewis's videos a bunch, uh, and so it was it was just it was interesting because I didn't expect to I saw people that I really enjoy that I didn't even expect to see. And got to spend time with them. And it's one of the things I always love about weddings is that just big web of connections that, you know, you'll obviously know the people you expect to see if you're in a group of friends. But there's always, like, other people that, you know, that are connected to that couple that you either may know or may not yet know that are really interesting and wonderful people, too. How cool. And what what was it like for you watching the whole party kind of flow around? Since you were stationary, most of us experience weddings, you know, where we're all moving through it. So you, you know, like we go to the the bar, you get a drink, you go to the buffet and pick up your food, then you walk back to the table, perhaps between the bar and your table and the bar and the buffet, maybe you have a conversation. You know, sometimes people are going to the dance floor, then they're going back, then they're... So you, there's kind of like a movement and a breath to parties. What was it yeah, like observing well, the movement and breath? <laughs> <laughs> I felt like they set up the space really well for that yeah. wedding. Um, and we did, you know, we did like walk to get the food and stuff and, and walk to get cake. And um, the bar was in a different spot. So I, I made some trips to the bar, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then at one point we moved from our sort of dinner table to a table more in the sort of bar cocktail our area just to sort of get a different different feel because even when you're sitting sometimes you just need to change up the scenery uh, and i'm glad i did because that's i bumped into like a bunch of friends that i hadn't seen all evening 
Uh, and so it was great. You know, it was just one of those things where it's it was actually an interesting reminder because I've been I've had plenty of parties in my life where I've been a wallflower for good reasons or not good reasons. And it was just a good reminder that sometimes just moving to a different spot can stir things up both for the party and for you. And you might run into someone you didn't expect to chat with or talk to or whatever. And if, you know, you don't have to just, like, sit there observing if you don't want to. How cool is that? Man, if you're you're feeling a little like the vibe isn't working for you at a party, just change your space. Move to a different part of the room. Try it out. I'm definitely going to try that out. I think that's cool. Yeah, do a laugh. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that's a great idea. Thank you for that, Mark. So this uh, week, there's uh, I have a special friendship because I've been I've been planning my honeymoon with Alyssa, and we yeah. are we're we're she wants to do six countries in 22 days, and I was like, this is an adventure. This is such a wild trip. I've never done anything like this before. Uh, this yeah. kind of international travel. And mm-hmm. it it made me think of I I knew that you and McGregor did something like this. And so I looked it up and you and McGregor and his good friend Charlie Borman have done three major adventures. They've wow. gone from uh, Shepherd's Bush in London, all the way to New York City on motorcycle. All these wow. a- adventures are on motorcycle. Uh, Wait, they just, but isn't there the ocean? Like, what direction did they go? They take their bikes and they get on a ferry. Uh. Yeah, yeah. There are there went, are certain areas they go, where they'll get they'll get into spaces where they just can't get through with the bikes, and so they'll get on a ferry. Or something, but the bikes go with them. They, there's also yeah, a point yeah. in Russia where they put the bikes on a train and then they oh, just ride so in a boxcar with. Oh yeah, they went. They east. went. So they went through England, through all of Eurasia, uh-huh. Alaska, and then down. Wow. Yes, and then down, like a round the world trip, just about via motorcycle, mm-hmm. and it took them about three months, and that was the first trip they took. And the second trip they took was from Scotland down to uh, South Africa. And okay. then the the last trip they took was in 2020. And they started in South America and then went their way up north. Hmm. And uh, going, going into Canada, you know, going towards the it's North funny, Pole. I don't think they made it all when the you- way there yet. When you first started describing these, you were like, they've done three adventures. And in my head, I was like, well, what does it take to, to where does your vacation level up into an adventure? And I feel like crossing an entire continent or two definitely qualifies. Well, I'm going to get into how this, this qualifies as an adventure and what they had to go through a little bit. But mostly I'm going to focus on this friendship. I, I'm, yeah. I was so taken with this friendship that's, almost solely based in adventure and it it started while the two of them were filming a movie together 25 years ago in 1997 and that movie was called serpent's kiss i have not seen it 
And I, I don't know anyone that has. But I'm I've sure... I've never even heard of it outside of <laughs> you just saying it right now. Yeah. You, serpent's Kiss in 1997. I don't like snakes, so the whole idea of a serpent's kiss is, is very off-putting. Charlie Borman was born in 1966 in Wimbledon, London, uh, England. And Ewan McGregor was born in 1971 in Perth, Scotland. Uh, so they're they're only about five years apart, mm-hmm. and uh, so they met on this film, Serpent's Kiss. And Charlie, his whole life was into motorcycles and motocross. I think he he may have even, I I don't know if he did motocross professionally, but he was he was quite an enthusiast. Yeah, and off road motorcycling and thing and doing tricks and things like that. Ewan had. Uh, a deep interest in in motorcycling and charlie just really kind of stoked those flames and the two of them started motorcycling together just riding around england and wherever you know scotland yeah and after i i think it was i want to say it was moulin rouge but it could have been big fish which was a little bit later. Uh, Ewan McGregor was looking for a big adventure, something to just really change it up. After yeah. focusing on these movies, he wanted to do something else. And it's so boring and tedious to be a massive Academy Award-nominated star <laughs> that you just you'd really got to shake things up sometimes. Well, I I think it's it's also you know he he'd already you know been in Star Wars and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think part of it was also when everyone's paying attention to you and they're looking to you for all these things. It's a lot different than when you're riding on your motorcycle and you're in a completely foreign land. And, totally. And even though you know. Ewan McGregor is one of the most famous actors on the planet. He's Obi-Wan Kenobi, which uh, premieres yeah. the day that this episode comes out. Uh, oh, actually, really? on it's Disney Wednesday? Plus. Uh, Ooh, next, okay. next Thursday. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so, yeah, we will, we will get to uh, see Ewan McGregor in his new Obi-Wan Kenobi series on Disney Plus. But, so the, the, this motorcycle journey, the first one, was actually documented. All three ended up getting documented because mm. when they, as they started to, you know, plan this, this adventure, they they realized, you know, this type of journey would take three months, and they weren't sure if there was enough, if the technology was there for them to be able to make this trip happen, because navigation satellite navigation technology just wasn't quite what it is today in 2004 you know mm-hmm. this this first trip was back in 2004 iPhones were barely a thing then <laughs> you know yeah. i don't think the iphone came out till what 2006 is that right yeah what, they strap a garmin to it i, I even then remember what cuz there were parts where they're like. they're riding through they did. I, I don't know if they went with Garmin, but they did, you know, get a, a navigation system of some sort. But there were mm. some parts where they were going through Siberia and on on uh, the I think it was called the Bone Road. 
in, Ooh, in that's Russia. Ominous. Oh, it was yeah. super ominous, Mark. There's so many things that where it's like, oh my god, I can't believe they're going to do this. And so they realized all of these things that that needed to happen for this trip to to occur. So they looked to get sponsors. And so Ewan McGregor looked to UNICEF because he works with UNICEF and he made it a part of the show uh, visiting different UNICEF facilities throughout Europe and Asia. And, oh, that's uh, cool. And he also ended up adopting one of the children that he met on the first trip. Oh, wow. Yeah. Was like, he, did he have other kids of his own at the time? Or he family? did. He did. Oh, yeah, he had he had two girls, and uh, he adopted one off of this first journey. I think he adopted one more as well hmm. later, but I'm not sure. I don't think that was on a motorcycle trip. But yeah, yeah, like I can't believe that. <laughs> it's it's just so wild. So so this kind of trip, he got UNICEF to help sponsor it, but then they needed a motorcycle sponsor, and. Uh, and they also needed somebody that w- that would want to put this on television. They were able to get BBC to get on top, uh, get on board, and mm-hmm. uh, and then eventually they put it in America on Bravo, I think initially. But right now you can watch it on Apple TV Plus. All three oh, adventures, really? yeah. Long way round is the name of the first one. Uh, long mm-hmm. way. Down is the second one. And then the most recent one was done in 2020 for Apple TV Plus mm. called Long Way Up. Nice. So, yeah, Long Way Round, Long Way Down, Long Way Up. I'm mostly going to focus on Long Way Round because that's, that's mm-hmm. the one that I've seen. And also, I think it's more interesting because it's their first one. Uh, they had to go through survival school together. They had to learn how to evade gunfire. They had to learn how to repair their motorcycles. They had to learn basic first aid. They had to. Mm-hmm. They ended up getting like an entire team to make this thing happen. They had a producer, yeah, you, you a cameraman. Uh, the cameraman rode with them, uh, and and the cameraman right before the the beginning of the trip. Did not get his motorcycle license. He he failed the what? test, and <laughs> oh, so no. he had to take it again, and and just just barely made it in. It was it was crazy. Just all the things and and the things that happened to this crew. Like uh, they they also had uh, an office full of uh, three or four production assistants as well, working on it, helping to plan the travel, coordinate everything. Make sure everybody's papers were in order because they're crossing so many different borders. Uh, mm-hmm. They had to practice in their survival school what would happen in case the guards were would try to extort money from them, uh, and and how to deal with that. Wow. <laughs> Just all these things that because they, they did have to pay off some people at the border a couple of times. Yeah, it, it is wild what they ended I feel up like going the tri- through. Like, I feel like, you know, there's sort of like a nudge, nudge, wink, wink to like know when to pay them off. And I I would be worried I'd miss the signals, you know. That's why you go through this training. Yeah. 
You know, like, here's the guards to pay. Here's mm-hmm. how you know that they just need money and they don't really want to hurt you. Yeah. So they've done several interviews, Charlie and you, and about about one another, about these these adventures, and it's. It's wild because they said, Ewan said that Charlie and him had drifted apart over the years since uh, their second adventure because Ewan moved to America instead of being in England anymore, and Mm -hmm. Charlie had his own jobs and did his own stuff. And he said, so when I was working in London, or I'd come over to visit family in London, Charlie just wasn't even there. It wasn't like we had a fallout or anything, we just drifted apart. Um... Charlie ended up having a terrible motorcycle accident in Portugal in... I don't have it, I'm afraid. I, I think it was in 20... I want to say it was 2015. Mm-hmm. He, he had an accident in Portugal, and he lost the ability to walk. His legs got banged up so badly. Oh, and it was he was lucky that that was all that happened. Yeah, he got into a, a collision with a wall, and a wall won. Unfortunately, they have a good uh, track record that way. Yeah, uh, but I think it was he was avoiding a, a car that pulled in front of him, something like that. Yeah, he was riding yeah. like a vest. Oh, while he was in recovery, he broke his hip riding a vest. Oh no! Oh so, no! So, like, he not only you know broke his legs earlier, but then he broke his hip on top of that. Yeah, oh, but. God. He he's able to walk again, and he has a, a limp because his left leg is now uh, a centimeter shorter than his right after mm-hmm. operations to repair the brakes. But after this yeah. accident, it really made Ewan rethink things and want to actively pursue their friendship more because he missed Charlie being in his life, and he lif- he missed that element. And he said, I, I just needed to make time. I needed to make an effort for yeah. our friendship. And that is what kind of made the change. Uh, and unfortunately, it took an accident to remind him of how important Charlie's friendship was to him. But uh, yeah, what, what, what can you do? Yeah. It's, it's so crazy. And sometimes I feel like, especially, you know, like at this point, he's adopted two children. He has two of his own. He's got work. You know, they're trying to get him to do more Star Wars stuff all the time. He's got other projects. And Charlie, I'm sure, is just as busy and probably has a family of his own. It's very, it's hard to make time. It's hard to make time. And I don't have any kids. And I live in the same city as most of my friends. Yeah. So to have a a relationship where you're across the country... And you only have these like one week windows when you're visiting England or something like that. It's, it's like I totally get it, but also, you know, if you make the commitment, you can make it happen. Yeah. And Charlie does have a family, actually. It's great that you brought that up. Char- Charlie has daughters as well, and Ewan also has daughters. So the two of them, and both their daughters were born right around the same time. So they they were able to kind of bond through going through fatherhood at the same time together. Uh, and it's, you know, when I said they, they made friends on this film Serpent's Kiss, uh, Charlie said about it, he said, you make one friend in every ten films that you make. And Ewan, for me, that was my one friend. 
and <laughs> and Ewan agreed. He he said he has you know some nice friendships with the actors that he's worked with, but the the true friendship that he has is with Charlie Borman, and mm-hmm. on top of having daughters of the same age, uh, riding together, uh, just really kind of girded the friendship, and then well I. I feel like we talk about this a bunch, but like they have, you know, they have stuff and they have common ground with daughters, mm-hmm. with both being actors, with both being from the United Kingdom. Uh, but so I feel like I feel like you encounter a lot of people with which you have common ground. Mm-hmm. And the question is, like, how how will you, especially as busy adults, like make the time to plant seeds in that common ground and have them blossom? And I think finding that shared activity that they both enjoy doing is the perfect excuse to spend more time together. Oh, yeah. And one thing that's really fascinating is you watch this Long Way Round, and I'm sure when you, if you watch Long Way Down and Long Way Up, you see Charlie having to deal with being friends with somebody who is one of the most famous people on the planet. You know, where there are times when they go through when they go through Kazakhstan, they end up getting a police escort because the police start to use them for, you know, kind of propaganda. Uh and they they have news organizations meet Ewan McGregor and Charlie Borman in the different Kazakh towns that they stop at and they say, you know, like, what do you think of Kazakhstan? And they all go, great. And they're like, wow, isn't it great? Obi-Wan Kenobi loves Kazakhstan. Back to you. You know? (laughs) Stuff like that. Yeah, you can't really say not great in that situation when you're surrounded by the Kazakhstan police. Oh, my God. And so it's it's really fascinating to see how they manage this. And you can see Charlie, of course he's going to feel insecure around Ewan's fame. And Ewan feels insecure riding with Charlie because Charlie's a much more experienced rider. And you see Ewan's insecurities come out in this, saying like, oh my god, am I going to be the, the one dragging down this trip? When they were learning off-road motorcycling, Ewan kept falling over. And then, mm. and the motorcycles they were using were very heavy bikes. And, yeah. and so it was hard to lift them up again. And then also having... The other riders have to stop, wait for him, and possibly help him out. God forbid he has an injury or, or you know, a mechanical problem with his bike. Uh, they yeah. they actually share a tent together in, in the first tour, which is so wild. It's it's such an intimate relationship because also they're leaving their families for three months. Yeah, like. How could these people be okay with it? And I know you, you guys at home are probably wondering, how are these their spouses okay with it? I'll tell you, Charlie is still married to his spouse, Olivia. She's been okay with it the whole time. Uh, okay. she, she manages it. Uh, you I mean, and, I would be so scared just if I had a partner that rode a motorcycle. Because <laughs> yeah. I feel like everyone I know that has that rides a motorcycle regularly has been in some sort of very dangerous crash. Yeah, and the fact that they're not only doing that, but doing it in three month spurts, you know. So you know, way to go, Olivia, for for just letting Charlie do his thing. I hope everything's good. And you and uh, his wife Eve, they were married until twenty twenty, 
Um, so, you know, it's possible that war on yeah, Earth eventually. <laughs> I don't sure. know. And, uh, yeah, you know, that happens to be right around the same time they were shooting this last one. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, look, they they have a lot of other things in their lives that aren't, isn't just motorcycling. So we can't yeah. definitively say this is the cause. But, but it, it, it's probably not a good thing to just leave your spouse for three months. It's yeah. That's tough. That's tough. That feels hard. But Ewan is married again. He married Mary Elizabeth Winstead, the actress, who mm. you may know from Scott Pilgrim, uh, the show Passions on NBC. <laughs> Nice. Back in the day. Yeah. Uh, I think she's in Fargo, the TV show. She's done a bunch of stuff. Birds of Prey. Oh, awesome. So many movies. But anyway, back to Charlie and Ewan. So, they did... Not only did Charlie get in an accident, but on the long way round trip, this first, this first adventure of them, Ewan had multiple incidents. So... Ooh. Ewan got laser vision uh, corrective surgery to uh, to so that he wouldn't need contact lenses or glasses or anything uh, on the road, which uh, on on the surface great idea, but man, two times while they were on the road. Something happened where Ewan McGregor would get sprayed in the eyes with gasoline. Oh my god. It's already a bad thing to get gas in your eyes. It's already very bad. But if your eyes are recovering from LASIK surgery, it's extra bad. Oh my my gosh. So this happened twice. The first time was Charlie's fault, kind of. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of. Not really. It was, I don't know. It's hard to say. (laughs) <laughs> they shouldn't have been having that super soaker filled with gasoline fight. It was a bad judgment call. It's just, you know, they're they're filling up these these motorcycles and the gas tanks and then it sprays out sometimes cuz not yeah. every not every country has the best gas pumps, you know? Mhm. And uh and the second time Ewan sprayed himself or something happened, it splashed back. I don't know. But also when they're driving through Calgary, Ewan got hit by a car while driving. Oh, man. And and it was it was crazy. He they faced almost all of their worst fears. Like one of Ewan's greatest fears was drawing water into his engine, which happened twice while he was crossing the Siberian River. He had to pump water from out of the engine and the exhaust. Uh uh Wow. They did, oh, they did fly uh, over from Russia to Alaska, but with the bikes. But then the bikes were incorrectly stowed on the flight, and so then they needed full service when they landed in Alaska. Did they say what airline they took that that didn't properly store their bikes? I think it was United. I'm kidding. (laughs) Well... If our friend Steve Way's uh, posts uh, say anything, they're they're certainly not very delicate about people's wheelchairs. Uh, although I have a feeling not most airlines are not great about it. Airlines get better at that. It's really shitty. McGregor got hit in Calgary by a young driver, and his I think they're called panniers. They're like saddlebags, basically. Mm-hmm. 
they're on the side of the motorcycle. They took the brunt of what could have been a really bad accident. He, he was okay. I, I don't think... I think he had yeah. like a... I don't think McGregor was injured, really. I yeah. think the worst thing he had was getting gas in his eyes. <laughs> but he did yeah. get in an accident. He got hit. And it's, yeah, which is terrifying. Yeah. It's, it's just so crazy, man. And they're in Calgary. You know, it's the other side of the world for them. You know, this is nothing, it's not London. <laughs> yeah. God, can you imagine getting water in your engine in the Siberian River? Just all these things. It's just so crazy and, and so mm-hmm. worth a watch because I think uh, it's Bill Murray that says this. He says, if you, before you ever marry somebody, go travel around the world with them and you'll get a good idea of who they are and who you are. And, man, watching Ewan McGregor and Charlie Borman go around the world together, you really get a great sense of who they are as people. Like, their sense of humor really shines through in the face of sometimes doom. <laughs> you know, they, they face yeah. some pretty heavy stuff on these trips. And they do it willingly, which is also pretty insane. But they, they're, they're also very willing to be humbled by it all. And they do get humbled by it all. <laughs> it, is, it is so wild, man. I, I, I cannot recommend this series higher if, if you are a fan of travel or a fan of Ewan McGregor. Or maybe you know Charlie Borman somehow. Then you should watch Charlie Borman do this. He's such a big part of this. So funny. So charming. But then you also see both of them you know, lose their temper here or there. Uh, and you see what pushes their buttons. And, and how this works. And, it's, and where their insecurities come from. And usually you know, it comes from Charlie being insecure. That he, you know, people pass him over because Ewan's there. And Ewan being insecure that he's not as good of a rider as Charlie. And he he feels like he's a burden. Well, it's also a good reminder. I feel like so many times when people have drama in their friendships, it's I feel, I feel like all the time I'm like, oh, God, they're mad at me or I did something. And, and obviously, I'm sure I did some things, but... So much of what makes it emotional is like your own insecurities, uh, you know, amping up the stress of what's going on and, and your anxiety about what's going on and about how you're being perceived. And so often, whatever's whatever you think is going on is not about you. So crazy. And I hope this this helps folks to keep that in mind. And as you see Ewan and Charlie go through these these journeys. Uh, on Apple TV Plus, highly recommend. And then also, I'm I'm hyped to watch to watch uh, Obi Wan on Disney. That's gonna be so cool. Oh yeah, the previews look so fun. They they've done such a good job finding a new way to bring Star Wars to people that aren't the big tentpole movies. That obviously you know you can't crank those out very often, uh, as we learned. And um, Ewan McGregor's just a charming, delightful, very talented actor. And I love that he, you know, it's cool always to see what the people who you see on screen so much, like, what are they actually into? And so watching him cruise around the world on a motorcycle 
uh, with that same charm would probably be delightful. And although I, I never, I, I haven't done a whole lot of vacationing with you, Mark, we, we did a lot of touring together. We went to a lot of places, you and I. And it yeah. was really fun you, to see what it's like, you know, go, and the stresses going around come out. the United States. <laughs> you know, all of the challenges, obviously I don't think we were worried about bribing guards most of the time, but probably a couple times. Uh, I got but, bronchitis. You know. I got very sick on the first one. That <sighs> yeah. was so terrible. And and we're doing shows. I mean, we're we're facing the same personal, cha- you know, the same insecurities coming up, and the stress of making sure you're getting everywhere on time, and you're not forgetting stuff, and and you know that things are are working, and the car could break down, and all you know, you could get pulled over. All of these things, uh, but it it's both. It's such a great combination of trial by fire, but also getting to experience wondrous new things together. And both of those ultimately bring you closer together if if you make it. If you make it. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like Ewan and Charlie did, so that is great. Yeah, they did, and they're still buds. And if you are wondering where you can find buds, man, there are friends all around the world that love listening to My Favorite Friendship but boy, did New York City come through this week. I think it's because of Natasha Leone hosting Saturday Night Live. Because that mm. episode got a big bump this week. And New York has the top two listening spots in Manhattan and Brooklyn, of all oh, places. Wow. Yeah. So if you're Those looking to motorcycle over to some friends, I guess head to New York City. Yeah, New York. Hey, New York. Thanks for listening. Uh, and. L.A. shot to number three this week. Chicago is number four, and Toronto is number five. Hey to our friends in Portland, friends in Minneapolis, Minnesota, friends in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, Sydney, Australia, friends in Salt Lake City, Utah, Athens, Greece on the board. So excited. I'm visiting Athens in in October, so I I can't wait. Hello to our, our friends in Spokane, Washington, of course, friends in New Haven, Connecticut, and Denver, Colorado. New Orleans, Louisiana, back on the board again. Wow, we back in the Big Easy. This is pretty great. Hello to our friends in uh, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Hello to our friends in Austin, Texas. Oh, wow, Queens, New York, too. How about that? Man, we're all over New York City, Mark. How about that? I love it. I love New York City. Yeah, me too. I gotta go back. Um... And uh, if you guys want to contact us, reach out to us on Twitter at MyFavFriendship or at MyFavoriteFriendship on all other platforms. Or you could reach out to Mark and I directly at Brian Wool or at Mark Musinski, and they're spelled like they sound. Anything else, Mark? I think that's it. I've got, I've got some fun stuff to watch and uh, some motorcycles to be terrified of riding, but to enjoy watching others ride. Yeah. Anything from your end? No, that's about it. All Have right. a well, great week, everybody. Stay friendly. Bye. Bye.